The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Kwame Lash of the Sports Talk. We are back to back. We started this thing off Monday and we talked a lot of football. We talked, uh, uh, Richie Incognito, Miami Dolphins, and I wanted to come in today and talk about uh, the Monday night football game. So that what we do here is, um, you know, we have the Monday, the Tuesday, the Thursday, and the Friday, which is good as far as football is concerned. But we were going to talk some basketball today. Um, Alex Clancy in the studio. Uh, we got Deborah Debris. She's online. Deborah, are you in town, or are you've already? Uh, I'm in town. I leave tomorrow morning, bright and early, early, early. Okay, okay. Uh, Murder Beach, right? Myrtle Beach, out for nine, ten days. Nice, nice. A little fun, a lot of work. Um, that's not a bad thing. No, it's in a good place to work, so that's not so bad. Not a bad thing. Uh, Alex Clancy, what's going on since I've seen you last? But I know um, did you do any blogging on a? I did not. Story? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a couple today. And you said so they check out for it. So they send you the articles, is what you said. They send you the topics, and you and you write. Well, on not them. necessarily. They send you topics on certain trending topics, but. Uh, I predominantly write about the Cardinals. And you could, oh, okay, okay. So, so with Houston coming up, it'll be it'll be an interesting week of preparation and uh, and hopefully nice nice talk in the locker room with all the Ricky, Richie Incognito thing. Extra nice talk in the locker room with the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah. Do you get to go over there? No, uh, not yet. You don't even it, like the Cardinals in time. What are you talking about? I'm asking. They've grown on me like a fungus. I love. I'm so in, I'm so intrigued. I'm so that, intrigued with the Cardinals. Oh yeah, it's because <laughs> you can't get it away regardless. So. No, growing on you, and then they're growing on you like a fungus. Yeah. No, I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm so intrigued with the with the organization now that I wasn't when I moved here a couple. You years You will ago. be very intrigued if you've seen the organization when I've seen it, and I and I like where they are now, uh, and they're only gonna get better. Uh, I know wins wins come with that. Uh, you can't keep saying that. Uh, you know we're gonna get better this year. We're gonna get better this year. Every team is gonna get better next year. Uh, you can't say that about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, but. Uh, with a franchise that's been down for a while, um, end up playing in the Super Bowl, the Arizona Cardinals, and and continue to build. And I, I like to see what they do as far as a lot of these guys' contracts and how they keep them here. You got to you got to mesh these guys together. Uh, when you're trying to win games, you're trying to win Super Bowls, and that's the ultimate goal. It, it's also a a meshing type uh, atmosphere where guys play off one another. It's not that I have to have three to five superstars and a lot of role players. That's all. I mean, that works in basketball. Right. It doesn't work in football because there's not only just 11 guys on the field. You got a lot of uh, key key components that's on special teams that can come in and play on your offense or your defense. Uh, so I like to see where the Cardinals go from there as far as the organization is concerned. Absolutely. And, and uh, their first-run draft pick broke his leg, Jonathan Cooper. So, I mean, right. he's out, and they're still playing fairly well. Their offense, their offensive line is much improved from last year, uh, shown in a uh, week – Seven, 
uh, when Andre Ellington went nuts when they had 200 yards rushing. Their defense has been nails recently uh, in the past few years. Tyron Matthews worked out thus far. Hopefully he'll just get better and better like Patrick Peterson did. And their offense has a pulse finally. That's all the Cardinals fans want right now is a pulse on the offense. And they have that. Now it's it's faint at this point, but it's getting better and better, stronger and stronger. Well, that benefits the team. And, Absolutely. And, and that, that keeps the defense off the field. When you got a stellar defense, which I thought the Cardinals had for years, as you mentioned, and you can give them some rest and they can come back on the field and play full speed. Uh, and they're not behind an eight ball all the time where it's three and out, three and out. Um, and they may can sustain for a while, but at some point you won't give up some. At some point in that game, you may get a, a team may get in the end zone. But if you got an offense that can sustain a drive, they don't necessarily have to score. That scoring would be great. But if you can go 12 plays or more, that gives your, t- your defense some time on the sideline to rest and go over some things that they need to fix where they possibly, as aggressive as they are, they can score on defense because they have a lot of playmakers in Peterson, uh, Matthews. They have, uh, you know, Dockett and those guys up front, Calais Campbell, uh, the linebacker, um, was it Williams. Uh, but they have a lot of playmakers. They have all of the right guys in the right positions where if there was a weak link, which I haven't seen, that he's covered up. Yeah, and, and they've pretty much run into a buzzsaw through nine weeks with Seattle and San Francisco starting out so hot, but they're still in, in the hunt for a wild-card spot, and uh, it'd be crazy if three teams came out of the NFC West. You know, in the beginning of the year, they, the they were touted. How, how, I don't know how is that going to be possible. It depends on, I well, because it depends on so, so, Seattle wins it, yeah, and then San, San Francisco Frank, finishes 10-6 and six or 11-4. and four. Cardinals is. finish 9-7. and seven. I mean, it, it's going to be incestuous losses. It would have to be interdivision losses. You know what's going to happen is if, uh, if that happens, then a lot of teams, well, what's going on in NFC East um, is going to play a part in that. What's going on in NFC North will play a part in that. Yeah, that's true. Especially when with Chicago beating Green Bay last uh, last night, yeah. it's kind of tightened up. Well, it obviously tightened up the race because they're a three way tie for first place right now in that division. So that I mean that in and of itself is is interesting. Well, that's we talked about meshing it, and and a lot of teams, and if not every team, you know that has to be the ultimate goal of finding guys who can work together in a, in an atmosphere where they have the same goal and it's. And we and they're trying to accomplish it. Um, I wanted to come in and talk about Monday Night Football, and we will. But I wanted that to be the first thing. But this uh, and Deborah, we talked about Richie Incognito yesterday, right? Um, but you know, th- this story gets more and more intriguing, and he as a person is more and more intriguing. Obviously, this guy needs some help, and, and I, I'm not making excuses for him as far as how he grew up. I know a lot of people that grew up with some situation they turned out fine. Uh, everyone's different. Uh, but this guy is blatant and, and intentionally attacking another guy on his team. Uh, there's there's a difference between hazing, which I don't. It's not hazing because Alex and I talked about this yesterday. There, I define hazing as a certain thing that you have to do a one time thing or as a rookie, uh, and it builds camaraderie and it builds camaraderie with the other rookies that come in with you because the veterans would do that to a young guy coming in, um, and then it's up to let's say you get tied to the goalpost. Well, then your other, your other. Um, How many times have you done that to yeah, rookies before? <laughs> I, 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 uh, putting sticks around the light and the fire and yelling which which which. Right. Yeah. I've never. Um, I've never. I, Way to make I, it dark, Deborah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, he tied him to the goalpost. Yeah, right? that's yeah. so far different than a witch hunt. Oh, okay, yeah, it was a witch hunt or something. To get out of here. They got a brew going on. But no, they. Um, but it, the camaraderie part of that is the other rookies getting you off that goalpost once the veterans are done for you. you it's kind of like the hyenas, uh, well, or 
what's the the vultures waiting for an attack? They sitting there flying around or walking around, and they waiting for somebody to leave. Then they can come finish it off. Mm-hmm. But the rookies will come in once the veterans are done with uh, a certain guy who's probably been running his mouth. Who probably say, "I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing this. I, I'm not come here for that." It's hazing is a one time thing, and and the camaraderie part of that is your teammates and coming to get you. Your other rookie teammates coming to get you. But being bullied, that's an ongoing situation uh, that has no place in, in, as I stated yesterday, no place in any field of business, any workforce, anywhere. Uh, and it starts at a young age. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that Incognito hasn't come out really and said, I was trying to toughen him up. I was trying to do all these things. This was this had personal written all over it. It was racially charged, and it was just it seemed like hatred. Seem like hatred in in a spot that there is no room for hatred. And incognito take away his past and his father bullying him and him being bullied and and him wanting retribution for all of that when he got older and bigger. I again, there is no room for this. And I said it ad nauseum yesterday. But this had personal all over it. And I don't know if, if he did something. Yeah, I don't know if he did something. Martin did something to to piss off incognito. But it doesn't seem like Martin's the type of person that would want to cause any waves that were. They were unnecessary. But here's part of the here's part of what could be in the scenario. And again, I talked to the guy. I don't know, you know, personally him personally or any of that kind of stuff. But just from the outside looking in, you know, yes, we can say he was bullied as a kid. Wrong, shouldn't happen. But there's a lot of kids. It's not an excuse. It could be a reason, but it's not an excuse for what he's doing right now. He's got a history of this type, and it seems to be escalating of, you know, the headbutting, the calling names, you know, and those type of things. He's doing it with his own team members. He's doing it with other team members. And now he's taking it even outside of football and doing it on a personal level with people. One of the things that could have happened is he sees um, this other guy, and the other guy, I mean, he's, from everything you see, just the pictures of him and from what it's been explained, he's kind of a relaxed type of, you know, just let me do my thing and go home. Incognito could look at that other guy and see himself as a little kid and say, that's who I am. I hate that type of personality that people can walk all over. And in a very twisted sort of way, he's seeing himself and now bullying himself within that other kid. I, I didn't. Um, I don't think any football player has to be toughened up, although it's a physical game. Uh, some guys are tough physically. Some guys are tough mentally. Um, and this guy, think about his background. And, and we put schools like Stanford at a, at a high esteem. Um, coming out of Stanford, both of his Trying to get that scholarship for KJ, huh? Yes, I am. The, the 14 times in two days. Anyways. I, I got plenty of kids. I'm trying to get scholarships. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so distraught right now. Um, but the... Um, you know, coming out of Stanford, he had some sense in his head. I think he was a was he a second round pick. It was yeah, second round second pick. round pick. Uh, and and that's a character guy that I could take in the second round. Probably why he was in the first round because he fell into a spot where other teams needed other things. Uh, not to say he couldn't have been a first round guy, but uh, his parents coming from a background of Harvard, um, both of them Harvard graduates. So mentally, he was prepared. So I think it was at his his this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, when the teammate, when you go into an environment when it's supposed to be family-oriented, when I got your back, you have my back, and then everybody in there turn on you from a joking situation. One of the jokes were that when he sat down in a training table, everyone got up. And right. I, now, if you didn't have any, if you was a little kid, you had a sense in your head, uh, you couldn't take that for what it was, um, then that would bother you. That, I could see that bother you. I had a guy on my team uh, at the University of Kansas, Dorian Brew, I thought he was too relaxed to play football. This guy would walk around like, 
oh, he's the coolest guy, and he was cool. But when he showed up on the field, he got his job done. Right. Uh, he got done. So it was it was my perception of him, and he was my college roommate at, at the end before we got out of there. But my perception of him, man, I need you to be this. I need you need to you need to get some more energy. His energy is what got him over the top. He was able to reserve all that, and just because I didn't have that relaxed days ago uh mentality he had he got his job done i got my job done so i don't see a, a guy like richie incognito um having a serious or uh, legitimate reason to not like a guy in jonathan yeah I, and do the things that he's done i and and that begs the question how did this get out why did it get out who told who and how long has it been going on for because when the media comes out, it sometimes things get overblown. That not in this case, in my opinion. Uh, but incogn- something might have happened before this. You know, when the second hit or uh, the second hit gets a penalty in soccer and football, you never really see the first hit. The 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 refs don't. You see the retaliation. I don't know if anything happened before this, but it, it, this couldn't be unprovoked, right? Right. Somebody, well, you can't have that much hatred in your heart. And I use that word too many times. I'm sorry. You can't have that much malice in your heart to just go after somebody that is obviously mentally weaker than you in the, in the predominantly in the football aspect alone. But the thing is, that's the bully's way of dealing with life. So it's, so it's, bullies, so it's I irrational. Care, it, yeah, I don't care if it's a kid to a kid or an adult to an adult or an adult to a kid. Yeah, there is no rationality to it. It's a way of when they don't feel powerful enough or whatever their words are, whatever thoughts and feelings they might put with it, but they're lacking something within themselves, so they go out and pick on the weakest. It's like taking, um, you know, in pack animals, they'll take down the weakest or the sickest one um, because that's the one that they can feel most powerful over. They're not going to pick on somebody who's going to fight back. They're going to, just like it, it's, you know, the articles and stuff that I've read, it talks about uh, incognito even in the... Um, uh, when there's been tackles and things that whenever somebody's down and defenseless, he'll kick them, pinch them, doing all sorts of stuff. They'll always go for the weakest link because that's the only time that they can really feel at their powerful, uh, most powerful self. I tell you what, we, we'll go into a break, but uh, I'll read one of the tweets going out of the break, going into the break. Uh, this happened on August 19th. Happy birthday to the biggest weirdo of all time. Uh, thanks, Rich. Uh, that was from um, Incognito to... Jonathan Martin, and, and Martin replies, thanks, Rich. I think he replies, thanks, Rich. Shout out to the biggest widow. That, that you know, that don't, doesn't sound any harm, harmful way or harmful thing uh, to me. But when it, when it plays out and all the tweets that plays out with it, uh, this guy was attacking him from the, from the start. Kwame Lodge Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in the studio, Debra Debris online. Uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this before we get into some Monday Night Football. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. 
The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. On the last of the sports talk, we are we are back. We were talking about the uh, Miami Dolphins situation. Uh, how much onus do you guys do you put on the? Uh, and we'll we'll get more into um, Richie and uh, Richie and Carnito. But how much onus do you put on the uh, head coach? Not knowing uh, what was going on up to this point, and then the, and then Jonathan Martin missing two days of involuntary camp. Now, when I say involuntary, and, and radio listeners, you can't see me with the air quotes, but a lot of things are involuntary unless you've uh, paint man and you've just had surgery on your neck and you don't show up. But most guys show up to uh, an involuntary camp. They will want you there. Uh, someone has to make a call for you to get you there. Um, I, I didn't see enough or hear enough from the head coach who's supposed to have control of the team. Whatever's going on with the team, uh, whatever situation or part of that team you allow the players to police, you still have a hold on what's going on. So how much onus do what you put on a head coach uh, for not um, handling this before it got this far? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword because either he's showing zero concern or he's letting his players mesh and mold themselves into a team Without him, which I feel like, and you said this so many times, that the locker room is sacred, and coaches aren't in the, I mean, with, when it's just the players getting ready for a game before the coaches come in, mm-hmm. that's just them. As, and and as, there's, such a, there's such a Bermuda Triangle of information that only stays in there that the coaches don't know about. So I would not put any real uh, onus on Joe Philbin, uh, uh, on the coach, because this is, it's, it's a team thing. And if somebody brings to it their, their attention like they did, they took necessary measures afterwards, and they went to the NFL even because they didn't know fully what to do with the situation because it's pretty much unher- pretty much no real uh, foundation for this. Miami, at uh, this point. Uh, Miami and where Miami is, uh, sunshine, uh, beaches, uh, lackadaisical uh, atmosphere, uh, this guy was brought in to be the, the toughness of what Miami is. And let's not, let's not forget that he's been kicked off two other teams. Professional teams, uh, and I won't even go back to Nebraska where he got kicked off that team, or he ended up transferring uh, and found his way in the third round. Still, this is a this is a problem for this guy. Is controlling his attitude, his mentality. Uh, he he has no conscience of. It's feel like that he thinks he could do whatever he wants to. Now that's why I don't. I put some. I put a responsibility on the head coach because uh, we. I've been part of a committee uh, when I was with the Chargers here with the Cardinals where. 
there were some guys and, and the coaches designate some guys, you know, this is your team, run the team. And I, I think like in baseball, I think it's the player's team. You just manage the game. It's the player's team. So we've had a group of guys that we met every once in a while to get the pulse of what was going on, what was needed, what needed to be changed. Uh, same thing the New York Giants did with the Tom Coughlin. You practicing us too hard. They stopped practicing hard. They won the Super Bowl. It, you got to have a pulse of what's going on as a head coach because he thinks he's doing the right thing. And, and we got a, we got a uh, junior spy on the line. And I, I like to know, does this take place on a, um, on a, in a baseball locker room? Because I really feel like it's the player's team the coaches to manage it and take, you know, when it's all said and done, give your MVPs and your outstanding awards to whomever you got to give them to and then let the coach get put up on a pedestal. Spivey. Junior Spivey's probably on his cricket phone, so we probably <laughs> <laughs> Junior. Yes, I'm here. Uh, did you hear what I said, man? Give us an atmosphere of a locker room uh, in Major League Baseball. Well, baseball, uh, Major League locker room, you pretty much police yourselves. The managers and coaches don't have anything to do with what's going on. The veterans pretty much run the locker room, and guys police themselves, and that's pretty much your grown men. We're adults, and that's how you handle things. The, the coach don't have any, any onus on what goes on in the major league locker room. I never heard I never heard anything like that where the coaches are involved in what's going on in the locker room. Unless there's an issue, in, in my opinion, hey, incognito knows something that we don't know, and he got something on him, and that's how I look at it. He has something on the man, and the cat is out of the bag. He's suspect. Period. Yeah, but to, but to um, but to to say certain things and then make them racial slurs, uh, that's one thing. Well, yeah, but to, to, but racial to, slurs is another thing. That's a whole other issue, and that you know that's that's a problem, especially when you're in a locker room where you have predominantly African American ball players on your team, and you're in the trenches with them. So that that's a whole other issue, uh, right there. So. You know, I mean, what's the difference in what he said than what Riley Cooper said? No, uh, and, Alex brought that up yesterday. Uh, Alex brought that up yesterday, yeah. So that, that, that's my point. I mean, so it, it is what it is, but in the trenches, who do you want to go to battle with? You know, who, who do you want in the trenches with you when it's time to go to war? And, and you know, it is what it is. We know, what, we look at his track record. We know what kind of player and person we're dealing with. But when it's time to play and you're trying to win, we're talking about winning. In a competitive atmosphere, who do you want in the trenches? Yeah, but I think you this guy just destroyed get. this team. You get, you got a lot of guys. I, I I want a tough, physical guy. I had a lot of those guys on my team, but I didn't have idiots like him crossing the line. And when I, I think he, I think he saw, crossed the line. I, I want a guy to go to battle and and be who he is. Be that be that uh, assassin. As far as when you line up, you got the opponent in front of you, uh, fearful of. You know, I, I just can't get. I just can't beat this guy. Or I got. I got to figure out ways to beat this guy. He is that guy. He is tough. He is very, very talented. Uh, but mentally, I, I don't see any place for that. Um, I, you can play mind games, uh, which I think a lot of people in the sports do. You play mind games with your opponent. If you can control their mind, you can control their body. You can get them to do anything. And what they did was got this guy to um, possibly have a lawsuit. Uh, with the NFL and the NFL shouldn't is looking for ways to nip this in the bud because they always want to be seen going the extra mile uh, to take care of certain situations like in the situation they did but, when so, they covered up a lot of stuff. But come on, Kwame, what grown man you know going to go tell tell and say this man is bullying me? He, I don't think that he did. I think that he said he needs a leave of absence for personal reasons, and somebody else might have spilled the beans about it. But I don't think that 
you need to be a man all the time. I don't think that you need to be. You don't need the, to be the, a man. You're an athlete in a, in a football locker room, in an atmosphere like that. You, you don't need to be a quote unquote alpha male without having emotion. People have feelings. It doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. People have feelings. And if you feel that your feelings were upset just because. It just beca- oh, oh man, hold on. Then you wouldn't have made it in the, in the locker room. You wouldn't have made it. Uh, why? Why is that? Why is that the case? Because you have to be a hard ass to make it to the make it to the pros in any sport. If, if you're if you're exemplary in the locker room, you gotta have yeah, you gotta have tough skin. You're not gonna make it. So okay, so so you're, you're saying have- you're saying the bullying happens all the time then. And if you can handle the bullying, then you'll be able to make it on on the squad. Handle the if, bullying. I've never heard of uh, bullying in a professional locker room. Somebody being bullied. In a professional locker room, you being bullied. Let, let me, Spiver. Let me ask you this: um, If this guy's what he is, uh, everything coming out. I know before, uh, before he tweeted all those things out, and then the information comes out, and the coaches, um, the Miami Dolphins have three press conferences, and they started talking, and the coaches talking. Um, but we haven't heard from him since that. Do is there? How many guys are in the locker room in a major league baseball? Because uh, I know in, there's yeah, 53 yeah, guys. guys. How many? 25. 20, okay, 25. That's what I thought. Uh, 25 guys. If that's going on in the locker room, there's not 23 of those guys are not going to allow that to happen. Is that because I don't? I don't think um, 53 guys don't know about it. If anything, it's that close knit. He's an office alignment. It's that close knit group that he's with all the time. Um, and if there was a situation where this was happening, uh, and and Richie uh, Incognito is right in what he's doing. Do do I know defensively on any team I've been on defensively, we was probably the enforcers, uh, but we didn't. I didn't. I've never seen anything to this magnitude right here where uh, I just point out a guy and just attack them every day. With the other twenty three, there's twenty five guys in the locker room, so it's the two discounting the two. With the other twenty three, allow something like that to go on. I I, I believe this. If you know a guy is gay and you don't accept homosexuality, and that's not in your program, you're going to keep going at this guy because you know what he's about. And if, if there's anything that's soft about you, you're going to go at that guy that's soft. That's just what it is. I mean, it's been that way ever since I was a kid. You know, it's, it, and, it's, and it's just not accepted. So, you know, I just think that's, that's what the, the bigger issue is. It's not with the racial slurs. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think the fact that Incognito knows something. He recognizes this man is homosexual. He's hiding behind his homosexuality. Is, is he homosexual? Incognito let the cat out of the bag. That's what I truly believe. But he's your teammate. Why is this? Why does it matter? First of all, second of all, it's this is somebody that's your teammate. I don't understand how there is no excuse for what he's doing. It seems like you're trying to make an excuse for Ricky G. Incognito in this situation, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. Is 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 he? Was he? Is he gay? Is he? Um, I, I, I'm a, I don't know. I, 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 what's the right word? About that. What's the right word? Is it homosexuality? I don't, I don't know. What's? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But um, you know, Spivey alluded to coming on the show that Richie might have something on him. I, I don't know what that is. Who cares? They're teammates. Right. Here's my question too: Is there's a difference, as far as I'm concerned, between being a gladiator and being a bully? You know, a gladiator is one, you know, in the locker room or on the field, you're with your team and you're fighting for your position and to do your job the way it's supposed to be done. Being a bully is going to completely outside of that and just being, you know, I, there's words that I can't use on radio, but, you know, it's completely unacceptable. The other thing I look at is there was a leadership council on this team. There was a three-person 
uh, player leadership council that are all gone. So there is no leadership council that you kind of referred to earlier, Kwame. So there's nobody necessarily policing, if that's even the right word, or at least keeping the pulse of the locker room and of the players. And then from a coach's angle, from a business angle, you know, this guy's been marked by a lot of teams as the, you know, do not draft. Because, yeah, is he, you know, a, a, you know, a gladiator on the field? Maybe so, but he's also very disruptive, and he's not good for the team, and he's not good for, you know, any one of the individual players or the cultures. And as a business, you know, the NFL or the coaches are looking at who do I need to get out there and play and play hard, but at the same time, again, they want the gladiators out there. They don't want the bullies out there. Man, this guy makes T.O. look like man of the year every year. Let me ask you, let me ask you guys a question uh, real quick. Does he play in the NFL game? Yeah. The NFL right. doesn't care. The NFL doesn't the care. NFL, as long as you put a product on the field, yeah. he'll get a job. He'll get a job, if not this year, in the offseason next year. I, I say he's, no, I, I say when, he's when, talented. When we have bullies? I, I'm trying to figure this out. When... when in all the years of sports, there's there's somebody considered a bully. Right now, I, I think right um, now, one out of how many years sports has been around, this, we got one bully now. Yeah, this is where it's been. This is I the one that's been leaked. Here's where I don't mind a bully. Here's where I don't mind a bully. If your defensive unit is considered a bully and you're going to play a game like the Baltimore Ravens used to be, Pittsburgh Steelers used to be, yeah. the uh, the you uh, five three hundred pounds and you being bullied. The, or the uh, well, the it Chicago has Bears. To do with size or weight, it has bully. to do with the most. No, but, but Philly, a grown man, a man. I'm talking about sports, professional sports is men. It's not boys. It's about men. Grown men. You a man. Okay, so now, let me ask the man you this. Where, where, where's the man at? It's You're on the field. Philly, it's Philly on the field. Junior high and high school. What do he gets paid for? Yeah. Let me ask you this, it, Spivey. If I were to start sending you text messages, come up to your house, follow you wherever you go, and I'm in some way, shape, or form attacking you personally and emotionally, and I'm saying things about your kids, and I know how much you love your kids, and I'm saying things about your family and about your mama, about your daddy, about everybody else, are you going to take that, or is that going to feel like it. a bully and that's it. not fair and that's that. not right? I'm a man. I'm a man. I know how to handle that. So a man is not allowed to show weakness at all, ever. Uh, I'm a man. I'm gonna handle that. If I got kids, how am I going to protect my home? If I can't, if I'm scared to, to protect my my own self, you know what I'm saying? If I'm being attacked, my family being attacked, I can't stand up for myself I, as a man. This guy as is a man. How's my kids going to look at me as a man? What What am I teaching my kids? I, look, well, man, you're teaching. Yeah, if you're John, grown. I, I think this is a great. Uh, this uh, Richie, Miami Dolphins, Richie Carnito, and uh, Jonathan Martin's uh, situation going on right now. I think it's a great um, opportunity for those with parents. Uh, still in 2013, we, we, we deal with a lot of nonsense. Uh, whether he have a sexual preference or not, um, I still didn't buy into the racial slurs. Like, where would that come right. from? I, I understand the music that, that's being played, you know, globally um has a lot has something to do with that but i i don't buy into the you know with that i can get my point across without using certain words people who who use those things they have a lack of vocabulary and they can't i, I can make somebody um or have someone do something uh without hey. going into without going into the racial part of it uh, and we don't need to go backwards Kwame, Kwame, what's up? everyone uh -huh. i've been called pretty much everything in the book i go to boston i go to new york i go to other places to play Hey, man. No, I hear you. Everything in the book, but you got to have tough skin when it comes to that. But, you know, 
that the racial slur, if, hey, if that conversation or that voicemail wasn't recorded, we wouldn't even know anything about the racial slurs. We wouldn't even be talking about that. It's right. the fact that it was recorded, we even know that it was a racial slur thrown out there. Right, but in, in 2013, who doesn't know that? Do you know the, the text and when... And the texts and the emails and everything you send are, are held captive forever. Like you, you can go back and get those. Uh, so but, I, I'm thinking, that, sure, it, as, a, as a grown man, as an athlete, somebody texts you that you're not gonna think they're gonna go tell. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the media. You're like, you know what I mean? Like whatever. You're not gonna go town tell. Like look, look what this dude did, and go straight public with it. Not I, as a man. But look, I, you like you can call me anything and text me anything in a book. I'm not gonna go public. I wonder why the coach. Uh, yeah, I wonder why the coach, uh, the staff, the organization didn't get involved when he missed two days of a uh, involuntary camp. And you know what? You know, and when I say involuntary, I, I'm slighting that word because you have to show up. You will want to show up if you're any kind of person that, that has a goal with your team. That's why most most players, most athletes have a problem when they work so hard on the off season. They don't see a guy working hard. They say something. They say something to the guy. You need to pick it up. Um, but this involuntary situation that he didn't show up for two days of it, no one really called him. They didn't even care. Uh, I, I I can't say they didn't care because I don't know their I don't know their feelings about that. But no one gave him a call, and I wonder why. Uh, how much ownership do you put, Spivey? And I ask you this because I asked Alex and Deborah on the um, on the head coach not getting involved with whatever this situation is right now. And we got a lot of information out on both sides, uh, and I'm sure there will be more. How, what do you feel about as far as the head coach getting involved? Um, and I know the players are supposed to police the, the locker room, but there's no leader veteranship over there. There's no veteran leaders over there uh, because they are gone. Uh, you look at the you look at that that team. He was brought in to be an aggressor, be an enforcer, but there's no leadership over there. So I I, I can say with his history and. Uh, being kicked off of the team, arguing with other coaches, um, his just track record. Uh, the Miami Dolphins overlooked that, so they need to bring somebody in to toughen up the the Miami, the South Beach atmosphere as far as the Miami Dolphins goes. What ownership do you put on the coach and not stepping in, or even calling him during the two days of camp? Well, I, 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 okay. After this whole thing breaks, you call a team meeting. You know, you get the views you want to hear from what every player has to say about. Both, both sides, both players. What, what do you guys have to say about this? I want to hear from my teammates. What, what, what do my locker room think? You know, what do my players think about this? And then I go from there. I handle it from there. But from that point, man, we're dealing with grown men. And I don't know, maybe baseball is different. You know, they, they treat you as, from the time that you sign, you're treated as a grown man. You're not treated as a kid. You don't need anyone policing you and watching over you. You handle your own situations. And um, Baseball has know, always I, I just, been different. I just, maybe I come up under a, a different umbrella when it comes to that or yeah, uh, yeah, know, no. Baseball has always been different. Uh, football, I always right. say baseball had a, a better union and everything else. Baseball has been different. All right, you know, I'll tell you what. We've talked, we talked this about this too much. Uh, I want to talk about some Monday night football. Spivat, I don't know how long you'll be on the show, but definitely appreciate your insight and, and where you was coming from in this situation. Um, but I do want to talk about the uh, Monday night football game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down in the first quarter, uh, the first few minutes, actually. Um, with the Green, the Green Bay Packers, but they still were in that ball game. I thought Josh McCown came in, did an excellent job. He uh, uh, that has a lot to do with uh, Matt Forte being able to run a football. I think both teams were able to run a football, but in the situation they're in right now, Aaron Rodgers has a fractured collarbone, and that's they they're saying three to four weeks. That's not going to be good for the one of the top ten teams in the uh, NFL, in my opinion with their star quarterback gone. Because Seneca Wallace came in, and, and, and as we all know, backups don't get a lot. They go against the 
Uh, they actually do go against the number one defense, but they don't get a lot of reps uh, and practice uh, because it's, it's mainly reserved for the starter so he can see every aspect, every defense thrown to you, what new wrinkles the team uh, may have previous prior to the the last three games and, and most veterans go back to that fourth game for looking for reverse to different situation blitz packages Aaron Rodgers out they have a they have the Bears again they have the the Lions um, they have the Eagles coming in I think they'd be fine with the Eagles going to um, Green uh, Green Bay but if they don't get past this and as tough as I know Aaron Rodgers to be I think he might miss two weeks and that's it yeah they have they have Eagles at home, Giants on the road, and Vikings at home. So it's probably the most positive schedule the next three games you could have. Uh, only The uh, Giants got only, a defense. Only, yeah, only one in division, though. And it'll be, it'll be interesting with how much they can run the ball, how much they can, how much they can uh, uh, lean on Eddie Lacy. And, I mean, Jonathan Franklin, they're going to have to go deep in the run game here. They have great route runners. They have great receivers. James Jones is healthy again. So if they can cut the Seneca Wallace playbook into an Alex Smith playbook, where you run about ten or twelve plays and you run them, you run them into the ground. Uh, you know, if they come out even one and two, it's a win without that, Aaron Rodgers. Is that enough to beat these next opponents? I, I know the Eagles are beatable. Uh, I know Foles, Nick Foles came out and had an outstanding, actually a a history book uh, day against the Oakland Raiders on the road. So they travel again to Green Bay. Offensively, the Eagles have everything they need to be successful. Their defense has gotten better, but it's not in a situation where I, I think their defense can go to Green Bay with the Aaron Rodgers quarterbacking. Now, if you cut the playbook down, Seneca Wallace used to be a, a pretty good, a very serviceable quarterback. Yeah, like six years ago. Yeah, but he, you know that's why they put him in the backup when they did have a um, they had uh, on their roster before they cut him. Graham Harrell. No, not Graham Harrell. Matt Flynn. No, but although Matt Flynn, although Matt <laughs> oh, Flynn, Vince Young. Vince Young, you love Vince Young. I, I like Vince Young to be in the league. Vince Young should be playing in the National Football League, and by playing, I mean on someone's team as a backup right now. Vince Young made his own bed, but that's not to say he can't back someone up. Um, so I do have a situation with that. Now Matt Flynn is available. Who knows that offense? Why not? <laughs> you, you don't think he's a full circle? He's he, he threw six he, touchdown passes in that in week seventeen that year. He's thrown three touchdown passes for three teams. I'm total bringing him in because it's not about the person at Matt Flynn. It's not about me cutting that. Hap- that happens in the business. Uh, uh, he he was able to he was able to uh, be successful coming off that one game he had because he went somewhere. He went to Seattle and got a nice contract. I'm bringing him back because it's the team. As to get into the playoffs, you're going to be a backup anyway, wherever you go. You're not going to be a starter, so come back up where you're comfortable, where you know. Now, if he, once he come in and I look at him for two or three days, he can easily be the starter. The same verbiage is there that he remembers. Nothing changing from the time sure. he left. So I'm bringing him in to win those games, to at least, at least win three of the, two of the next three games or three of the next four games till Aaron Rodgers come back. And the toughness of Aaron Rodgers uh, – I don't think it's any more than two weeks. Yeah, and, and it's interesting now, especially with the offensive charge that the NFL has kind of put in the forefront here and focusing more on offense and vertical offenses and whatnot. It shows a little weakness for Green Bay that you don't have a quarterback that can throw the ball down the field. 
You know, with say, look at Jason Campbell in Cleveland and Case Keenum in Houston and Nick Foles even in Philly, you have guys that can throw the ball down the field to talented receivers. Granted, they might throw more interceptions, they might not be as accurate, they might not even know the playbook as well, but at least they can get the ball down the field. And Case Keenum was a perfect example Sunday night when he threw the ball all over the Colts' defense in the first half they ended up losing, but he threw the ball all over the defense. And Seneca Wallace just doesn't have that, so it'll be interesting if he can actually, if they can get a vertical offense going with Aaron Rodgers on the bench being hurt. I just don't know. Well, and the question will be when Aaron Rodgers comes back, whether it's two weeks, four weeks, or six weeks, whatever it might be, is what condition is he going to be in, and is he going to be able to um, throw like he has in the past? Because it may take him a little time to get that that feeling back again. It's different in practice as it is on the game, you know, during the game. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch. It's Bobby. It's Bobby. You still there? Yes, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. You watching that Monday Night Football game last night? Yes, I watched a little bit of it. Okay. Uh, do you think um, Seneca's the guy, uh, or could be the guy for the next two or three weeks? Or, or what you bring in? Or what you bring I, I, Matt? I what you so. what you bring Matt Flynn back? Because Matt Flynn knows this offense. He just got released by the Bills because I think uh, Cobb and some of those guys are getting healthy. Um, but what you bring a guy back who knows the verbiage, who doesn't, who won't be in the huddles? I don't have to use all my timeouts trying to get him to understand uh, what this play is. What you bring him back, or you just roll with Seneca Wallace for the next three weeks? I, 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 I agree with Alex when he said, you know, you know, modify the playbook for Seneca Wallace, and you know, he doesn't have to have a big playbook, and and hey, the running game has to take over. You know, utilize your running game is going to open up the, the passing game. So, uh, you know, that's what I would do. I, I think, um, and I've said this a trillion times, uh, you have to start the game running the football. If you don't establish the running the game of football, and, and, and this is where we go, this is where I say the bullying is part of it is good. At the line of scrimmage, yeah, I'm, I, I got to show you how this game is going to be uh, from start to finish um, and establish the dominance that we're going to be able to run the football. If it's fourth and one or third and inches, we're going to get this first down. I think you run the football. You can shorten it up because you plan some opponents that you have a familiarity with. You plan the Dolphins. I mean, I'm sorry. You plan the uh, Lions. You have uh, the uh, Chicago. Uh, you got to go. You have to go there and play them again. Uh, so you can shorten it up. Now the Green Bay Packers will have some injuries over there. They they when teams are getting healthy, they're losing. They're unhealthy. They're losing key players at certain positions, so they have to be able to, whatever they shorten this playbook up with, it has to be predicated off the running game where, where Seneca Wallace can play, come off the play action. And I said he was always dangerous, you know, booting and rolling out. He, had, he made himself a dual option. Well, I'm going to run, but linebackers these days are just as fast. You mentioned he was six years ago. But, yeah, he still can go He still can go out there and get it done. Yeah, I mean, and I think especially with Philly coming up at home, they need to just shorten the amount of uh, – lessen the amount of possessions that Philly can have. So if you predicate that upon the running game, you just need to slow the game down, try to get as much time of possession as possible, and slow down that potent offense. Even them and the Giants, people are sleeping on the Giants. They have a they have a great quarterback, a proven quarterback who's had a, who's had a crap year. They have a great receiving core. Uh, Andre Brown and David Wilson are back this week, so they're going to have their running game back. Seems like they have seven running backs like the Cardinals do. So if you can slow the game down, run the ball, and be methodical, Green Bay could go three and zero in these games. It doesn't matter who they play. If you stick to the playbook that. I mean, if you stick to the game plan that's set in place on, from Wednesday to Saturday, then anything could happen in the NFL. You just have to go with the, go with the game plan and execute it properly, and, and anything could happen. 
I, I think the game plan. Um, I think the game plan. I think they stuck to the game plan last night because they still try to run the ball. They actually put themselves in a position where if they got the ball back, they can. Uh, they kick a field goal and, and go into overtime. Yeah, Eddie Lacy had a lot of yards last yeah. night. He had a lot of carries, and he did a really good. He's doing his part. All right, I tell you what, we 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 take a break and we'll come back. Want to throw in some um, college football as far as the rankings go? Kwamlas Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, up the bread. We got uh, Junior Spivey online with us. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to the Formula Sports Hall. This is the last segment, 888-346-9144. If you want to chime in for this, uh, we probably got about, what we got, Kevin, about seven, eight minutes, something like that. Uh, Alex Clancy in the studio. We got Deborah Debris. Deborah Debris, who will be out of town, uh, Murder Beach. So uh, work, 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 and then some fun, then some more work. Uh, we got Junior Spivey on the line. Junior, what, what are you? We got nine minutes left in the show. Well, Junior, what you have going on? Because I want to get into some college football. But what's what's the next thing, uh, next venture you have going on now? Because I know you was doing um, some other stuff. Kevin, you can turn the music off. What I'm doing is just getting our our, our product line out there with Limitless. Uh, you know, we have the NSF certified for sport products. That's basically all I have uh, going on. Uh, you know, but I thought it was something with it. something new with Limitless coming out. That's what I thought, or maybe it was a different venture or something. Somebody getting involved with it. That's well, we, we we we're in the process of now. We're negotiating a deal, or trying to get it out there with University of Texas. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. The University of Texas with our products and uh, some professional uh, baseball teams, and just getting it out there, man. So that's it. I'm having fun with it, man. We're having a lot of fun with that. 
and Deborah, they going in Murder Beach. What's going on in Murder Beach? I know uh, we don't have you on assignment, but I know you got some uh, your oh. <laughs> yourclearedge.com work, some I'm down and dirty. On assignment, dude. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple. Got my new website, the com going up with a couple blog posts already. The minute it goes up, speak. Um, Myrtle Beaches. I'm part of a high level mastermind going out there to. Uh, look at each other's businesses and decide what we're going to do in the coming year going forward. Uh, and then out there speaking, I've got a Club E on uh, November 22nd that I'm going to be speaking at. Topic is average sucks, sucks up your money, your business, your intelligence. Uh, so anybody wants to join me out there at Club E uh, here in Phoenix at Sky Song, 730 to 9. Show up and so, so enjoy the fun. Busy, busy, busy. Okay. Uh, you can check out Alex at uh, rantsports.com. He'll be uh, blogging uh, mainly about the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. We talked a little bit about that when the show started. Um, I will be with Lexus Nexus out of Orlando. I, I'm, I think I may make a stop in Jacksonville to play the TPC, um, but that's a little pleasure. But And then I'll be in Vegas for doing some other stuff. All right, let's go. Top five. Give me your opinion on this top five. One through five, Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, and it's been a flip-flop. This is the AP poll I'm reading from. Um, Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State, Baylor. Do you see, you feel comfortable with that? Not so much feel comfortable. Do you agree with the, the top five teams that are not in, in college football right now? Because I... I I, I, don't, I used to think there was about the schedule uh, and then the teams you beat, the rankings and all those things. But I think it's more imp- how you beat teams. Uh, who's talking about that team now? Because everybody was talking about Florida. Once we stopped talking about Ohio State and the dominance that they are, um, they dropped down. We started talking about Florida State, uh, the, court, the sensational quarterback they have, the sensational team they have. Uh, everything that comes with it, uh, Jack Nicholas' son at tight end. We, we start talking about these things. So, and they are winning football games. They are sitting eight and zero. They they beat Miami. They are sitting eight and zero. And so they moved up to two in one poll, but they are sitting at three in the AP poll. But Oregon has just been dominant all year. Yeah, and and whenever you have a buy, you drop. I mean, that's just what it is. And and if you have a draw, if you have a buy in the middle of the season, like they do, it's well uh, towards the two thirds mark of the season. Uh, they're playing Stanford Thursday night, so that's going to decide their season right there. Both of their seasons. Uh, Ohio State is fourth. They're seven hundred. They're seven hundredths of a point between them and number three Oregon, and between number three and number one, it's three hundred and three hundred and fifty thousandths of a point. So one, two, and three are so close together. And uh, Alabama has LSU this weekend, so a lot of things are going to transpire. And I think this is the game that Alabama loses. Is this the only test that they have? Is yeah. the LSU game and the and the SEC championship game? If they end up going on to win this, you know, whoever they play. Let me ask you a question because it, it's been some nonsense as we've seen year in year out with the NCAA football and the rankings and who they want to play in that final game. LSU beats Alabama, and then um, they have to play each other again, and Alabama beat LSU. Mm-hmm. Does that does that put an Oregon and Florida State doesn't lose? Does that put Florida State? I mean, Alabama back into the national I don't rank. think so well, because LSU is not as strong as they have been in recent but they, years. But they, in the, um, they go into the, um, they, oh, this is the SEC. This is the toughest conference. I, I agree with that. It is a next thing to NFL uh, consistently uh, banging and, and, and playing football and getting more guys out of there to, in the first round. I'm saying this. LSU beats Alabama. Alabama beats LSU in the SEC championship game. 
where does Alabama go? And Oregon and Florida State never loses. Oh, because they've done that before. They put Alabama right back to number one. Yeah, but the Pac-12 is so much stronger than it has been in recent years. And Florida State has been so dominant. They've beat a lot of good teams. They manhandled number seven Miami uh, last weekend. So if Florida State and Oregon win out, then they're in. Then that's a national championship that's the game. Way it's if to Alabama be. loses, I mean, this could come down to thousands of a point if Alabama, Florida State, and Oregon win out. So, so we, so we punish Baylor like we used to do, uh, Boise, uh, because of the strength of schedule. And the Big Twelve has fallen heavily. It's it's fallen heavily, well, and and this is. I mean, they're they're on pace to have the best offense of all time in college football. So, I mean, with that said, if you look at the strength of schedule, they haven't really played anybody of of real merit. But that offense is so potent. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I, and if Stanford beats Oregon, everything's going to go to go to hell. And it, so, so many things are going to happen towards the end of the year. I just hope Ohio State doesn't make it just because they were preseason number two. They haven't played anybody. They have to play Michigan the last game of the season. And Michigan is, has just fallen off the face of the earth anyways. Michigan just got beat up by Michigan State. Uh, go green. Uh, but I, I, think, um, I think they always find a way. Although these guys, let me say this, they are talented. Nick Sabian has those guys as a machine. They are talented. So when I say they always find a way, well, they want, it's, it was, it's what makes money. What, what game can I, what bowl game can I put you in in this BCS that's going to generate the most money? And if I saw Florida State and Alabama, I think Florida State win that game. If I'm watching Oregon and Alabama, I think Oregon wins that game. Uh, I don't think Ohio State can beat Alabama. I, I would love to see Alabama versus Florida State or Alabama versus Oregon. Just offense versus defense. Just this is what we wanted to see the whole time. When Auburn and, and Oregon played, it was what, a 19-16 game or 21-16 game, something like that with Cam Newton. I'm just really excited to see where Ohio State goes if they win out. Because if they finish third, then there's going to be this whole hubbub. This is going to be the last BCS National Championship before the tournament, before, before the, the actual six, playoff six thing happens. Tournament. So, it... it it wouldn't be the BCS without having a huge controversy at the end of the year. So I hope that happens just because, just to show how bad the BCS really is and how the playoff system is, has been warranted for many, many years before its actual inception uh, 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 next year. And a lot of times, well, and then you look at the uh, 71 Stanford is sitting at number six in the AV poll. They beat Oregon this time. They jump up where? To number three? Number four? It depends by how yeah. bad. And how what what happens but then with everybody you, you, else? You end up punishing Baylor because I know they would jump up to number four, and which means Ohio State goes to three or two, um, and then you know Florida State is at two or one, depending on what the LSU and Alabama game. Uh, so some teams will get punished. I think the BS the BS the BCS has been panning out um, because it has been controversial, but it's been panning out at the end of the year, except when they did. I think it was two years ago when they moved Alabama up. Yeah, and uh, Baylor does have number ten Oklahoma. Uh, this week, and I think that's on Thursday as well. God, that's a hell of a Thursday. Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oregon, Stanford in two days. Okay, uh, so that's going to show a lot about what what's going to pan out for the rest of the year. Okay, uh, Deborah, uh, Spivey, anybody? They still there? They're still online? Well, like you said, Baylor, man. You know, oh, Junior, going to get a crack at it, regardless. <laughs> so that's where this playoff system is going to come in, come in handy because you know, I, I was. I'll tell you my yeah, most sure. disappointing uh, loss was when Missouri lost, and they, they could have controlled their own destiny. They could have played. They could be. They could still be the team that played in the SEC championship against um, probably Alabama. Um, but when they lost that game, that they had no business losing. That that kind of put everybody back in the pension. I think they lost to South Carolina. Uh, but that puts everyone back in the SEC. Um, what was it? North back in the picture. 
Um, we got a minute to break. Um, we talked a little bit of football. Uh, the show is Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Uh, Deborah, you won't be in town until the 19th. I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. a couple weeks out until I'll be back around again. Okay. Um, you know, reach out to Julian Spivey uh, if you want to find more information out about the Limitless. Uh, Alex Clancy, as I mentioned, rant.com. Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. Uh, we'll come back. We'll see you guys next time. We're going to take a day off. And that will be Wednesday. And we'll come back Thursday and Friday to finish out the week. Kwame Lasso Sports Talk. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.